Broad is somebody who speaks her mind. Broad yeah. is someone who is self-assured, not afraid to be all that she is and speaks her mind, yeah. talks about it, celebrates it. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm going to say, celebrates it. It's who I am. It's who I was born being. Hey, this is Achim Novak, executive coach and host of the My Fourth Act podcast. If life is a five-act play, how will you spend your fourth act? I have conversations with exceptional humans who have created bold and unexpected fourth acts. Listen and be inspired, and please rate us and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. Let's get started. I am just delighted to welcome Marta Sanders to the My Fourth Act podcast. Marta is a Mac and Bistro award-winning singer who this year was awarded a 2022 Mac Lifetime Achievement Award. If you don't know Mac, that's the Manhattan Association of Cabarets and Clubs. For any of you Broadway geeks, getting a Mac is the equivalent of getting a Tony Award on Broadway. Marta is also a licensed New York City tour guide, and she has served as president of GANYC, that's the professional organization that supports the New York City tour guide industry. Marta has fashioned a life that allows her to combine her exceptional guiding skills with a celebrated cabaret artistry. Marta moved to New York, New York City in 1969 to study musical theater. She went on to sing in nightclubs and cabarets around the world. Marta made her Broadway debut in 1978 as an original cast member of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Most recently, Marta has teamed with the irrepressible Leanne Borghese for their acclaimed duo cabaret titled Showbrods. So here I am, delighted to speak with one of the Showbrods. Welcome, Marta. Hi, how are you, Akeem? Nice to be here. Nice to meet, be here. And since I just read show broads, what does the word broad mean to you since you're claiming it for your next, for your current show? Broad is somebody who speaks her mind. Broad yeah. is someone who is self-assured, not afraid to be all that she is and speaks her mind. Yeah. Talks about it, celebrates it. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm going to say. Celebrates it. It's who I am. It's who I was born being. I don't think you, I think people can evolve into being broads, but I think that it had to come from something that they've always had within them and maybe were keeping down because they didn't, they were afraid of it or they were told that it was wrong. I don't think that was my case. I think I've always been encouraged to be who I am, very independent. I think that stylistically, a broad, as we get further and further into the, the world and we are more and more accepting of all humankind yeah. and all that we are about, for people that have been underestimated or told to stay down, be quiet, women, of course, but you can get this people of color, you can get all kinds of people. And now we have people that are they, them, he, she, whatever. So uh, people's identity, but certainly for women, it's been your place. 
We've been breaking away from that for generations. And my mother found her own voice and her own place. So I had a very clear example of what it was to not be afraid to speak your piece. I love the phrase you just used, finding your place. Mm. And I, I want to connect that to you just having received the Mac Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, that's a celebration by your peers of your place in the cabaret industry. Yeah. I was also thinking sometimes we give that to people who are about to die and you're clearly yeah. not. <laughs> so yeah. well, well, I think having like white hair helps. What was that? Yeah, having white hair helps. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. You you can't you don't give it to somebody who's not older. Yeah. What was it like for you to receive the notice that hey Marta, you're getting a lifetime achievement award from Mac this year? Like what was your reaction to that? I was surprised. I was pleased. I was surprised because I wasn't I wasn't looking for it you know I realized after we were there's been so much talk over the last couple of months in preparation for the award and the different the cover of a magazine and the interviews and the blah blah you know all of that so there's been a lot of talk about meaning of a lot of things because that's what people are interested in when you're getting an award like that but what I realized was really you don't set out to get a lifetime achievement award. Right. You set out you could set out to get an award. Yeah. You know, a Mac award or a Beast award or something outstanding female vocalist, whatever. I want to get the for my play, I want it, whatever it is. But I don't think you set up and say, I want a lifetime achievement award. That's what I'm working for." Because that first of all, you don't know how long you're going to last. Yeah. And getting it not everybody who goes through a career and has a great career and comes out on the other end and is the right age for the award, not everybody gets it. And it's not because they're not worthy. It's more because they're just not on the radar at that moment. The person who's making those decisions or people making those decisions, that person is not on their radar. They're thinking of somebody else because you would, there would be a competition and, a certain amount of numbers of people that are still around. Yeah. It certainly is less. It's a lot less than the field when you're beginning a career and you're all young and hopeful. So I was surprised. Yeah, I, because I mentioned some dates in the introduction. So if, if our listeners are doing the math, you have been doing cabarets for, cabaret work for over four decades. Yep. And you're going strong. We'll talk about your current work in a moment. What keeps this work fresh and interesting for you? I think that being an artist, you live in a state of creation all the time. Just an awareness, an interest. It's what you're interested in. So I'm interested in... I think you're interested in how what the world is doing, how you fit into it, what the trends are, how you feel about them, and then you come back to what it is you do and how you feel about it and what parts of that would you be interested in adjusting because of time, something more popular, some different kind of music or something. 
but the interest is because it's my passion. So it just, it's always driven me to want to express myself and singing and also in speaking, you know, storytelling. It's what I do. I'm always interested in the story, which I think a lot of people are, but I guess some people, depending, would be more interested in the actual, the melody line. Melody line is very important to me. I've got to really like it and it has to be really singable. But the story, the lyric, of course, is what becomes intriguing or interesting to me. I think that's what it is. When you choose, I just, this question just popped in because you talked about, you know, what draws you to material, right? And uh-huh. I'm going, I was a former theater director. So my mind goes, how much of the material is just because, well, darn it, this is a song I love. It speaks to me and I want to sing this. And how much of it is, this would be a great song for an audience. They would love it. This would draw them in. I don't feel the need to sing it, but the audience will really connect with us. Or is that a too academic of a question? Yeah, and no, I think it's a little too academic. I think you're always looking for stuff that was near music material that you can express your voice through and knowing what songs are going to hit with the audience. Mm-hmm. There's two things about that. One, of course, you're always looking for that yeah, because yeah. I want the audience to have a good time. The older I get, yeah, the less yeah. it's like everything. The simpler you become and what are your motivations? Yeah, and you yeah. do it because you love it. And do you hope the audience will like it? Yes, you do. Do you know the odds are good that they will if the music is good, what you're looking like? I mean, the things that you're choosing because of that, that you like, I believe the audience will also like. But one of the big lessons you learn early on is what you think is going to work and what actually works can be two very different things. (laughs) That's the art, right? You're always surprised. Oh, man, I thought that one was going to hit it and they were going to. That one was the one. And they kind of go, oh, yeah, that was good. We like that. And then something else you do, and they're screaming. And you go, wow, who knew? Always reminding us that we don't know. And we keep you keep coming back down to, so how do I choose? How do I choose? How do I choose? I choose for me. It just makes sense. One thing that I want to test with you, because it struck me as I think about your history, is My cliche is that people start doing cabaret after they've had an illustrious career on Broadway and in other places. And then in my sense of you is you, you went there at a young age, you know, you just were drawn to it early. Am I reading that correctly? Yes, because I like working alone. I like being my own storyteller. I don't like, this is the truth of it. I can screw up more easily than I'd like to admit, but I don't want to put anybody else on that stage in a position where they have to save me. I know how to save myself, right? And so just stand back. I'll take care of this. I'll clean up my mess. So there's a I think that there's always been this feeling of, I don't want to be responsible for screwing around with other people where they have to, Oh, God, you know, grab that line. Let's help her through it. Now, would that have been my lot if I had only done theater and just pursued that? I don't know. I could be wrong about it, but it was how I, I just always, 
I had a lot to say. I'm larger than life, vocally, personality-wise. Having to adjust myself for other people, I can do it, but it's not as appealing to me. I'm perfectly content taking care of myself. I remember when I was on the road and it was always this thing with other, anybody else on the road, the minute you add another personality, musicians, other singers, now you've got all these personalities. Now you've got them, oh, I can't do it. I don't feel well, you know, my underwear, I didn't wash it, I, stupid stuff. And I just remember that as a kind of a highlight of learning when I first began and I was working with, couple of different singing groups and traveling and, you know, musicians and all of that. And I kept thinking, ugh, I didn't want to be anybody's nursemaid. I don't want to worry. I don't want whining. Everybody take care of themselves. So there was that. It comes from very possibly being the second of five children, all of us entertainers, all of us performers, desperately wanting to be alone. I want to be alone you know, away from the maddening crowd, my brothers and sister, and prove myself. I'm sure all of that comes into play. It's always been a place of comfort. But the voice itself, the personality itself, I'm actually more perfect than for musical theater than just about anybody else that walks the earth. But I wasn't looking at those roles going, I knew that in musical theater, I wanted to be Mame or I wanted to be Dolly. I wanted to be that standout person. I wasn't interested in the chorus because I, I really couldn't dance. <laughs> more a matter of what I couldn't do, right? I was so limited in what I could do. Do you sing Dolly or Mame songs in your acts? Not currently, but I absolutely have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. The other thought I had, I, I, I really get that when you're alone on stage, uh, you sink and swim based on your instincts and the choices you make, right? But I also think when you put together an act, you know, there's a musical director, there might be a stage director. So there are, you're dealing with lighting people. And so there's a measure of collaboration, even though in that moment when, The show That's all right. That's okay. I don't mind. It's not that I'm not a collaborator. It's just that I work better when I'm the only person we're worried about is me. I have done a lot of work with people on stage. It's not that I'm not very generous and giving and able to be part of the group. And in those situations, you know, I came from a large family, you all, and everybody's performing. So everybody finds their niche. Everybody does their thing. You, We would sing together. We would sing apart. We, so it's just a matter of a preference for me. It's not uh, that I wouldn't do, but I just, I prefer being alone. A word from your sponsor. That's me. I invite you to go to the website associated with this podcast, www.myfourthact.com. You will find other equally inspiring conversation with great humans. And you will also learn more about the, the My Fourth Act Mastermind groups, where cool people figure out how to chart their own fourth acts. Please check it out. And now back to the conversation. We'll talk in a moment about your work with Leon Borghese, because uh-huh. you are not alone. No. But what I'm interested in, I feel like this is an unfair question, 
but since you've been doing this for a while now, and there, there'll be a lot of listeners who, I mean, they can find you on YouTube, but they haven't seen you on stage or in a cabaret. If you had to give us a glimpse of a moment or two, and I know there are more that stand out in your memory, you go, that was a moment where I knew this is why I love doing cabaret. Like those moments where you go, this is when it's amazing. What comes to mind? Well, first of all, it's not just cabaret, it's nightclub. So my big dream was to be like Shirley Bassey. Uh Shirley Bassey, Vicky Carr, travel the world, sing on the big stages in nightclubs. Mm -hmm. That was my dream. And so when I got my first job in a nightclub, and it was in Santa Domingo, I remember walking into the room at the hotel and it was very clear. And I said, this is what I want to do. This is it right here. And that would have been early, mid seventies. How does one get a job in a hotel in Santo Domingo? Like, I'm just going, how the heck did she get there? Well, that, that was in my show. So I had, I had a boyfriend who was a, who managed at the Edison Hotel in Times Square. And his job was schmoozing, and he met a woman named Winnie, and she was looking for a singer who could sing in nightclubs in Central America and the Caribbean, who could sing in Spanish and English. And that was me, because I'd lived in South America, and so I sing in, and speak Spanish and English. So he called me, and I went down, and I met her, and we talked, and she booked me on the spot. And that was why it was very exciting. And I went in, I said, yeah, this is it. This is what I want. How wonderful wonderful to know so clearly. That's a great thing. It has been a great gift. Yes, I haven't even thought about what it is as a gift until I remember reconnecting with a friend from high school. This is a long time ago. And uh, she was saying how envious she always had been of me because I always knew what I wanted to do. She didn't know. And she was like most people. And I've always, I knew when we traveled down to South America, my father was the head of the Peace Corps in Colombia. And so I went to high school in Bogota, Colombia. My mother was from Argentina. That's another story. But uh, we traveled down on a ship down to South America. And I remember standing out on board thinking, this is what I want to do for my life's work. I want to travel. And then in the talent show, I was already singing, you know, and I was singing with the family and singing alone and singing. And at the school, there was a talent show and I sang at the talent show. And that was where my first voice teacher, who happened to be there living, her husband was AID. So she was there with her kids and her husband, but she was a singer and she heard me and she wanted to teach me. And so that was when I thought, okay, now I want to do it as a singer. I want to travel and sing. So I was armed with that from high school. (laughs) You are armed with that from high school. What a wonderful phrase. Now, I wanted to speak with you for many reasons, but but one was that I just, it speaks to my sense of whimsy. I just love that you have a tour guide in New York at the same time while you have an acclaimed cabaret career. So... Would you tell our listeners, like, how does one suddenly get a job as a tour guide? How did that come about? So I 
I never thought I, I thought that I, in my mind, what was singing and traveling. And I thought I will meet a guy older who is retired and has a lot of money and he will travel with me around the world and support <laughs> my life. I appreciate and your clarity. It's, like, no, no, it's I, all I, about I was, you. I love it. It was all about me. I was clear. I, 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 I'll learn to love him. You know, I'll, it'll all work. Out. I won't have, I'm not looking to have children. I don't have to have, it was all, yes, it was all about me. And I wasn't looking for children. And I never thought I'd meet somebody that I could have a relationship like my parents had, which was very loving and beautiful. And then I met Gordon. And so we got married. We had two daughters, 20 months apart. And I was an at-home mom. Now, he was the one who was supporting the family. He, he was chemical tankers, international temple tankers. And so it was all on his shoulders, which he was fine with. But I was very aware of that. I'm, I like being able to contribute. I don't, I'm not the one quick a cushion for my feet. So when the kids were old enough, started getting old enough that I had these windows of time that I could actually go out and do something and maybe bring some money in, the problem was I had to stay in town. I had to be, I had to honor the fact that they had school. They, you know, they had camp and all these things. And all I knew how to do was wait on tables and sing. And I didn't want to wait on tables. And singing was, I, I was auditioning. I did a couple of commercials, but really it was very difficult. There was just this whimsy, you know, and having to wait by the phone for an audition and all that kind of stuff. And my neighbor was a tour guide, had been a tour guide for quite a while. And it was bigger than me. And she came up to me one summer and she said, I've got a job. Do you have a white shirt and a black skirt? And it's just getting people to and from the cruise ships. It's called Cruise Link. And the first summer I said, well, I can't because my daughters are in camp, blah, blah. Next summer, she said, the company's still looking. Are you available? So it was bigger than I was. And I got to the pier and for four days, they were paying me $18 an hour, which in whenever it was in the late 80s was a lot. I spoke to the woman that I was working with who had been an actress. She was a single mom. She'd become a tour guide. She was a tour guide for a long time. And so we had time and she was telling me all about it. And I said, well, this is something I can do. You mean you schmooze with people, you're nice with people and they pay you? Well, I said, now that's interesting. So I learned it. I got my license. I'm licensed by the city. I'm tested. I, you know, it required, it's a constant reading and lectures and all kinds of things. It's itineraries. It's how do you move people through? It's all of that. And I got my license and I became very successful at it very quickly because what I have learned in the process of everything is, yes, I'm a singer, but as important as anything, I'm an entertainer. So the stage can be in the middle of Times Square with a group or on a bus with a group or on Broadway or in a nightclub. It doesn't matter. It's just, a, it's being in front of people alone. You're on showtime. That's what floats my boat. That's where I'm at my best. So I've been very successful at it. And I've represented tour guides around the world in Scotland, Hong Kong, and Australia as the president of the Guides Association here, locally, nationally, internationally. And then I moved away from that. I got my fix, my fill, my understanding of what a, being on a board was, which is thankless on many levels. But it's also you can be effective and it can have incredible experiences. But anyway, so 
I have continued in my life because it's an independent contractor. I'm not on the double-decker buses. Most people think it's just double. No, it's it's all the other thousands of people that come in and the corporate, the meetings and conventions and just all kinds, seniors, students. So there's private tours. I had the royal family from the Netherlands, the king, the queen, and the three princesses on a private tour with their entourage of security. But it's independent contractor, the same with cabaret. You're setting up your dates. You have to set them up yourself. It's all self-motivated. Thank you for that glimpse into... It's like a whole other entertainment industry that I wasn't aware of. I want to go back to you saying, I love to go solo, but now currently you are matched with another broad named Leanne Borghese. Your act Uh broads has been really well acclaimed. You're going to keep doing it. So this is part of your past and your present and your future. For somebody who likes to perform alone, how did you and Leanne find each other and decide that, hey, we're going to do a show together? There's a entertainer who's the host. Well, he has his own podcast and, and online yeah, you know, yeah. screen where he interviews people, Richard Skipper. Mm-hmm. And he sure. did a show where he would present different artists three or four different artists in his show. And, and then you'd get up and you'd sing a couple of songs and he would interview you and then he'd get the other. And I had done a couple of those. And one time Leanne did it, or I went to one where she was doing it. And I was intrigued by her. I didn't know her. She's from San Francisco. So she'd been coming into New York for the last five to 10 years or something, but I didn't know anything about her. But I was intrigued by her because... She has a tremendous amount of talent. And I saw many of the same things in me. And she's about 25 years my junior. And she's also six foot something. Tall, yes. She's tall. The energy, the personality, the voice, all of that was, I connected to it. So she was performing around the corner from where I live. And so it was easy. And I went, well, you know, let me go see her show. It's right after that. And I went in and I sat down and I remember seeing her and I kept thinking, wait a minute. She had the feathers and she had the sparkle and she had the comedy and she had the big songs and the little songs. The whole, and I was reminded of myself so much watching her. And I was very intrigued by just who she was and, and her talent. And so I stayed, waited after and we spoke and I was just effusive in how I loved what she did and so talented. And she said, why don't we do something together? And I said, okay. (laughs) And that was how it started. So that's what it has evolved into that. And we've become very, we're like family now on and off stage. It's a wonderful, magical combination because she is so statuesque. Amazonish type in her stature, but she has movie star looks like a Jane Russell everywhere. The camera just loves her. And basically she has an ingenue inside of her. So the two personalities were both broads, but she's a broad of, of an ingenue, which is surprising and delicious. 
And I'm a broad fraud and say it like it is. I love that you two are boldly claiming a word that's almost a little retro, right? Broad is a retro word and show broad. Show, I think, old-fashioned show business. I think Ethel Merman. I think that kind of show broad. That's exactly right. We're reclaiming something that maybe hasn't been so current, but that we all yearn for. Yearn for, am I reading that correctly? It's entertainment. It's showtime. It's larger than life. It's Vegas, but not what Vegas is today. What Vegas was, Sammy Davis, all of that, the Rat Pack. Yes. That's it. That's what that is. It's the the larger than life uh, feathers, the headdresses, the fans, the silly. It's Carol Burnett. It's Shirley MacLaine. It's all of those broads that we, how do you not love them? Because that's everybody's best friend. And if it's not, that's what they would like because we speak it as it is. We're silly, but we're fun to watch because you can really laugh and relax and enjoy because we're very talented. There's always a division and you know this, you finding the talent to do it is the trick. And that's not a given. You can have somebody who's talented, but doesn't have the personality or personality, but doesn't have the voice. And that's where we both come in and that's where it really is magic. And yes, we both love doing that. We're very suited for it. And it's very silly. And they're serious in it as well. But, you know, it's a fun, fun show. So where are you taking the show from here? I know you were sidelined by COVID for a while. You premiered it before COVID. You've come roaring back this year. Well, we don't have a date yet. We We are in the talks of it. We're talking about remounting it because it's a mother of a mount, but it's worth it. But we have to remount it and uh, meaning just relearn it and get it back on its feet and get the booking. So we haven't gotten to getting the actual booking. There's a place that would like us down south, but we're not, I think our timing is off. We won't have enough time because the problem when you're working with a team is everybody (laughs) has to be able to come at the same time. That's the problem with the team. Doing something alone gives you a different kind of agility to move around. So we will, absolutely. Since we're riffing on the word broad, and I, I don't even know if I, it's okay to say this to you, but you probably, our mutual friend Dana Rose said, you know, who loves you, said, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm writing a song called What's Broadway Without a Broad, just for you. Any reactions to a composer of his caliber, you know, uh, Olivier nominated a bunch of times, is writing a song for you about what's Broadway without a broad. Thoughts? Always honored. <laughs> Always honored. One of the things about being a cabaret artist that over the years, writers have given me material, have written for me, have songs in their repertoire that they say this, I want you to look at this. So it's always an honor to do it. And Dana is an extraordinary composer, but as important, he's an extraordinary human being. And that has been, in addition to everything, his working with Leanne and me together and alone and, uh, and his friendship has been priceless. 
priceless, has been joyful and inspiring. I love all those adjectives, Marta. Those are the reasons to get up in the morning and do what we do, right? It's what we look for. We look to do our passion and to be inspired and continue. And other people who come into your life who are inspired by you and you inspire them, what bingo. What else is, you know, really, that's the payoff. Now, when you won the Mac Lifetime Achievement Award, they gave it to you and Chita Rivera, who is yes. another yes. legend. Chita is a little older than you. Yes, she is. What I'm curious about, I mean, and Chita has kept working, is your vision, I want to be in my 80s, I want to be in my 90s, and if my voice holds up, I want to keep doing this? Is that your vision? Yes, I don't see myself in my 90s. I see myself go, yeah, I don't, I'm not one of those. I want to live time a hundred. No, you know, physically, genetically, it's not going to be good. I may be ahead walking, you know, but on a, on a skateboard. I think that the vision is to always be able to just work in my life, to be in front of people. I will do it as long as I can physically be in front of them. And as far as singing, yes, as long as the voice holds out and it seems to be going strong and I'm very pleased and I get to any of us that are artists and the vo- and the art continues to grow and maintain the high level of work that you do. That's what you live for. You know, I mean, that's the huge payoff in life that that because you've dedicated your life to it because it's your passion it's not a choice the choice keeps coming along the way all along the way why am i doing this when things get rough because things get rough why am i doing it why am i doing it and you keep coming back to the the answer because i want to do it because it's that important to me not for anybody else for you it's all about you and do you need other people in the audience? Yeah, you hope people like it. You want them to love you. You want you desperate for that. But really, you don't do it for them. You do it for you, and then they get to enjoy it because you're the one that has to keep it going. Nobody can do that for you. As we wrap up, I'm sure there are listeners who go, I have no idea who Marta Sanders is, but I'm intrigued. I want to learn more about her. Where can I find things about her? Where can I find her music? Where would you direct them to? So I think martanyc.com is the way to go. And I think I have a website at the end of it. You and do. I think that, yes. I'm and I think, you do. yes. And I think there's access to, if you want to get a CD, you can. I have two CDs out. One is Spanish and the other one is uh, English. And you can hear, I guess, YouTube. This is out of my playground. I would, if if it was reliant on me, I'm afraid I'd go, whatever. Maybe I would feel differently if I didn't have enablers around me that are supposedly helping me because I don't really check on it. It's, um, that's, that's who you're looking at here, you know? Well, your enablers have made sure that we can find you on YouTube. So to our oh, good, I'm glad. Okay. okay. Look up Marta Sanders. And if you go, I wish I could hear her in person keep looking. But in the meantime, YouTube is a good place to start. And it should be. I mean, supposedly on this martanyc.com, they'll tell you dates of when I'm performing somewhere. And and I think you can always reach out to me through that. If you're that curious and you haven't seen a date, just go ahead and reach out. 
know, I'm here. Thank you for the gift of this conversation. And, and I, I just appreciate you for being boldly outspoken. Thank you. We need that in the world. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I wish everyone well. Likewise. Bye for now. Bye now. Like what you heard? Please go to myfourthact.com and subscribe to receive my updates on upcoming episodes. Please also subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Rate us, give us a review, and let us all create some magical fourth acts together. Ciao.